Welcome once again into the Soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 166. Oh, that rings a bell. Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil brings the beast with wrath, for he knows his time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. Classic Iron Maiden. That was for 666. This is episode 166. How could I, re re you know, avoid such temptation, no? Who knows if this podcast ever gets to episode 666? I'll remember this when it does. We do want to welcome you in. Glad to uh, see all of you tuning in once again all over the planet. The Soccer OG heard in over 120 countries. We're going to make this a more global podcast. Moving forward to cater to all of you, a reminder to rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend, spread the word of the Soccer OG gospel. We have a, a fun show. A fun show. It's not a great show. It is a great show, actually, but it's a fun, great show. Joining me, Kevin Cho. Kevin Lopez, who is a streamer for, for Sporting Kansas City Games, and he has expanded his brand. I think he's a really smart guy to listen to if you're getting started in this business, which we want to teach those folks for Soccer OG. I'm the old timer. I see the kids that are making an impact. I bring him on the show. He's a good dude. He's doing it positively, and he's a huge supporter of MLS. And a reminder that if you're in the United States and you want to cover soccer and you're, you're drawn in by these European leagues, trying to get a, a foot in the door with Major League Soccer is your best route. And we're seeing that growth. We'll talk to him about Messi. He's from Argentina, so we'll talk about the Messi mania, uh, which I got to experience this Sunday. I'll talk a little bit about that here in a moment. Coming up, I am rebranding Stoppage Time. From this day forward, Stoppage Time will be called Check Complete. Yeah, we're upgrading it to the new cool expression of the moment. Slipping into VAR. Check Complete. I will be discussing the U.S. men's national team's games here in September against Uzbekistan and Oman. A reminder to check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. Lots of great content there. And you get to see my pretty face as an added bonus. But we have a long way to go. And short time to get there. Soccer OG is eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. Welcome back, everyone. What a Sunday I had. Highly anticipated. Uh, just a regular season MLS game, LAFC, Inter-Miami. It was a Hollywood, it was a just a Los Angeles event. And, you know, people ask me, what, how does it compare to like an MLS Cup? I mean, there's been three incredible games in that building. MLS Cup final, CONCACAF Champions League second leg final, and this game against Inter-Miami. And because it's L.A., it makes it a lot bigger. Beginning of the game, there is these sheets of paper with the guest list. It was av available for everyone to grab a hold. And it was sent out on, uh, on social media. And it became the number one trending topic everywhere. Because the guest list was equivalent to a guest list that you would see at a Super Bowl. Or at a <laughs> major award ceremony. The Oscars. I don't know. It was the creme de la creme. And then, I mean, the guest list didn't even include some of these other celebrities that you may have known, but there wasn't enough room on that sheet of paper. When you have Prince Harry and Leonardo DiCaprio and Selena Gomez, Rufus DeSoul, one of my favorite bands is there. By the way, Kurt Smith is a season ticket holder. I'm going to get him on the pod one of these days. Season ticket holder for LAFC. He keeps quiet. He's a one half of Tears for Fears. I mean, he's a big celebrity. No one even mentioned it because he's a season ticket holder. And then you had all the, the regulars that were there, like Shavo of System of a Down and Be Real and Jaime Camille and Owen Wilson and Will Ferrell. It was uh, pretty incredible. And everyone wants to see Messi. Uh, I, was, uh, pre I predicted here, didn't I, that LFC was going to win big. Uh, they lost big. But it was a weird game. And it was seeing it up close, and I've seen it so much here, is this spell that Messi has put on everybody. It is powerful stuff, baby. Because we all think, and I, I saw it in LFC, they go, we're not going to be affected by this. We've got the guys to deal with it. We're not going to be affected by this magic. And they were, because there's just something irresistible about it. We have created this incredible uber celebrity, uber sportsman, who is, deserves all the accolades and is really remarkable to watch. I mean, if you're watching there, Messi, it's like you're... It's not an action-packed two hours. It's not like watching, say, Michael Jordan. or, it, But you wait and you're patient and you see some incredible things. 
But part of it is it's the mental state and how he puts these opponents in pretzels because they don't know what to do and they do left when they should go right. Uh, it is such a powerful thing because it has swayed everyone. I mean, look at the, the reaction it causes uh, on social media and on the news cycle. It's messy everything. Apple TV, MLS season pass, go on there. The first 12 s slates are all messy. I mean, everything is messy. I, I, uh, I would like to see a little bit more balanced stuff on Major League Soccer on that platform, but I'm not going to complain about it because Messi has reinvigorated everything we've done here. And I think it's, a, it's amazing. But we do have to keep the other clubs in mind. And how long will this last, this magic? Because I know it's messy, but it's a magic act. Weaving a mist over every stadium, playing his, his, his pipe and people following him everywhere he goes. It's really like that. He is just wielding this powerful stuff. I think it'd be interesting when teams play him twice, see how the reaction is. But the first time, people are just mesmerized, me included. I was caught up in that moment. I was like, this is surreal. But it was very cool to attend. Disappointed for LAFC that um, it's great for the back end of this Major League Soccer season, especially with Inter-Miami and uh, a lot of teams that need to play hard to improve their playoff position or make the playoffs. You know, they, they criticize MLS a lot saying that the regular season doesn't matter, but it will. So that's going to be very cool. Speaking of MLS, uh, the international duty begins and you have European qualifiers then you have the South American World Cup qualifiers. That is correct. We're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team, how they were supposed to face Argentina and Brazil. But Comebol, the governing body of South America, moved up those qualifiers uh, to this week in September. So the USA had to switch its opponents to Uzbekistan and Oman. I know there's a joke in there. Argentina and Brazil to Uzbekistan and Oman. It's crazy to think that Argentina lifted that World Cup trophy nine months ago, and now they're trying to qualify to retain their crown nine months later. So uh, pretty insane, pretty insane stuff. And we have one, th you know, one thing you've noticed, you know, Lionel Messi's off on international duty and the MLS footprint on these international games specifically in South America. And I went through them really quickly. I'm taping this as Argentina's about to kick off with Ecuador. And Argentina called in three MLS players, Lionel Messi included, and then Alan Velasco and Thiago Almada. I don't think Velasco and Almada made the final squad. I was looking for their names, but I don't think that they are there. That game uh, will feature Lionel Messi, who classifies as a MLS player. So we can include them as our international duties. So very, very cool. And we'll see what happens with the others too. Because they're, they're being considered. You look at other South American teams, they all have some sort of MLS connection. Paraguay playing Peru. Peru has Pedro Galese, who plays for Orlando. Uh, Luis Abram, who plays for Atlanta United. I mean, there's three or four guys. Yotun, who used to play for them. You have Paraguay that has Miguel Almiron, who used to play for MLS. Diego Gomez, who plays for Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami had eight players go off on international duty. Ecuador has Jose Cifuentes, who's with Rangers, used to play. So many guys on the fringe. Uruguay called in a, a, a handful of uh, MLS players. Uh, it's very cool to see. So... The South American thing is crazy because, you know, I was uh, I'm going to talk to it to Kevincho in a few minutes in our uh, our time in the business end. But you know, should Argentina just go straight to the World Cup? It's 48 teams. Should they qualify? And, you know, the argument I've had with other people is that you kind of want to qualify. It's an expanded field. Seven teams will probably make it out of South America, which uh, is I got to confirm that, actually, uh, because it used to be four and a half. I think it's six and a half now. Um, but, uh, Argentina is going to qualify. There's no doubt about it, but you want to get games. That's the problem with the U S they don't, they've already qualified because they're hosting. So they don't really have any games to play. So 48 teams, it's going to be interesting for this cycle because a lot of countries that would, you never think making the world cup, certainly in Asia and in Africa who benefit a ton, they will be able to make it. So uh yeah i think it there we go this was approved for six teams make it and a seventh would go to a playoff 
So pretty cool for South America. Asia, by the way, I mean, you know, we're talking about Uzbekistan, Oman in Czech Complete. Uh, they are both Asian teams, uh, even though Uzbekistan is part of the Asian Football Federation and right north of them is Kazakhstan, who are part of the European uh, UEFA or, uh, Confederation. Strange little part. Uh, strange what sports does to our world, no? But very exciting to see that. Asia's going to benefit a big way, and they got some decent teams, man. Remember, they did really well in Qatar. Japan, Korea, Saudis were good. Uh, who am I missing? Ooh, do, 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 do. Australia. Australia is an Asian team. It's considered an Asian team. They made the round of 16. So very exciting stuff there. And I'll, I'll just a lot to, to absorb, even though we take a break from the leagues, which is not a bad thing. We'll take a break, but we'll be back very soon, and there'll be a lot to get to. As enjoy the end of your summer, and we slip into fall, wherever you might be. Soccer OG has you covered. Let's get into the business end. Kevin Cho, the one and only power streamer that you could see making uh, headways with MLS and South American soccer. We will talk to him in the business end. That is next on the Soccer OG. Someone I've wanted to have on this show for a long time because he goes to the beat of a different drummer. There's no one quite like him, and I'm so glad he is in the on in the U.S. soccer landscape because we need people like Kevin Lopez, aka Kevin Cho, who uh, streams sporting Kansas City games. He's involved. He's he's doing more for the Kansas City soccer uh, community than anyone else out there. That is a fact, and he's an he's an old head. He's a wise head. And he streams a lot of games. He's got the uh, the Bombasso show as well. And by the way, Kevin, some good news because I mm. off the air you said you were going to stream because you are of Argentine heritage. You might That's stream right. the Argentino World Cup coverage. And we had great news, which I talked about earlier, that it's yeah. going to be these games are going to be on Telemundo and Peacock. Dude, I was freaking out. I was like, wait, I had this schedule, and I was like, wait a minute, can I not watch this game? And then they, then you had like weird pay per view games, but not Argentina or Brazil games. Freak it out. Telemundo. I love you. Thank you oh my God. so much. <laughs> I am with you, man, because the South American World Cup qualifiers was like a hot potato, like a redheaded stepchild. I don't know yeah. why, because these games are amazing. Yeah. You have five games. World Cup qualifying, by the way, which is crazy. Yeah. Nine months. Uh, by <laughs> like, the way, I, I think Argentina should have they should have just put him in the World Cup. Although I had a conversation. What do you think? I had a conversation with someone. Uh-huh. I go, should they just make the World Cup, especially with its 48 teams and avoid qualifying? And my friend goes, why would they want to avoid qualifying? They're going to qualify and they want games. Mm, right. Okay, that's a good That's a good point. But here's the thing. I think seven out of 10 countries make it in South America. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, even joking with my family, some of my family members are like, yeah, I'll catch the highlights. You know, it's like crazy. Usually normal world. We're freaking out for World Cup qualifiers. This is like, there we go. Here we go. Here comes the fight. It's not really a fight anymore. So, like, yeah, I would love to see the games played. I, I wouldn't say nobody, you know, play any games before the World Cup, of course. But um, we're going to see a lot of uh, not very hard-fought games, I feel. That's just my sure. opinion. There'll be some guys rested here and there. Sure. But the big que- I guess the big question is, by the way, again, Telemundo and Peacock, thank you goodness because i used to chase these games and it would have to stream them uh i would yeah. normally do it there was and i don't want to say this i shouldn't say this on the air but there was a a stream from the middle east that we would tune in for these right. qualifiers that was my connection but now i can see it andres cantor no doubt will probably be broadcasting which is great yes i guess the big question kevin chill mm-hmm. does this open the door for bolivia and or venezuela to yes. qualify that's right and look but bolivia what let's talk bolivia bolivia is a known to have this absolute terror stadium in 50 miles in the air, hard to breathe. It's scary to go there. We play them, I think, next week there in, in, in Bolivia. This is like the type of opening. They they would get close-ish, and they would have tough games where they would draw out some games. This could be their year. And Venezuela is another one where it is Venezuela from their own economy to down to their clubs, and everything has been a mess and very hard for them. But now that we have this little extra opening, it, it, it's going to be a big fight for those teams. Now, let's just say this right now. I did have some enjoyment that, you know, Chile didn't have some World Cups, a little payback for what they did to Argentina and Ooh, America. An old wound, huh? 
an old wound. It's healed. It's healed. I'm fine. All right. It's I got it closed up. I'm cool. But in in those instances, it's it's kind of funny because now my Chilean friends are like, oh, of course, now they open it up. We would have been in the world. It's like, yeah, guys, let's start over now. Let's here we go. We might see some underdogs like you know sneak in there, but in my opinion, am I gonna am I going to expect? that the, the big four, you know, like the Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, and even Colombia to not make it again. No, nah, I think, I think they're a lock. I, yes. I think Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, and look, Uruguay, Ecuador and Uruguay and, are yes, locks. And then sure. you have five other teams battling for two spots. Yes. Can we, can we rattle them off? Paraguay, Chile, Chile, Venezuela, Bolivia. Venezuela. Who am I forgetting? Uh, the last one, Peru, Peru. Yes. And Peru is another one after they lost, uh, one of my favorite coaches, um, uh, Gareca. Gareca. He, I was like, oh, oh God, what's gonna happen to Peru now? And now I'm, I'm actually legitimately curious on what is this new Peru? Is it a new Peru, or is it like a still rebuild Peru? Or are we gonna have some players still in some issues off the field that comes on the field? You know that type of thing. Very curious because Peru, if if some of us know, used to be like a powerhouse. Like they had. In the seventies, the Peru was the gods of South America. They're a very good team, uh, fighting against Argentina and Brazil. And it was like those were the three teams, and and they fell off, and then they came back. That Copa America when they made the final against Brazil, that was huge. I was of course recent, was yeah, for recent, yeah. That wasn't long ago. Uh, I was hardcore cheering for Peru, but <laughs> after that, it's just been kind of you know just dissolved. So. I'm I'm super hyped for Peru, but that would be a team where I'm very, very curious on like how the heck are they gonna look right now? Didn't think we were gonna talk about this when I brought you on about <laughs> the minnows of South America, That's for right. lack of a better expression. But you know, Bolivia <laughs> Bolivia playing La Paz two mi- two literally two miles above sea level. So yes. They have a home field advantage. Venezuela's not gonna make it, unfortunately. I would love they're getting better. I don't yeah. think so. I would say it's gonna be Chile and Paraguay, six and seven. Right. So and I think seven's a playoff. So, uh, which I should yes. make it, but it's nine nervous. months after the World Cup. Yeah. We're, we've got these games, but we get to see them, and it's going to be fantastic. And yes. uh, we'll we'll talk about Argentina. We'll talk about Messi because that is uh, the culture of Kevin here. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's been a good time to to be immersed in that, obviously, yes. for a variety of reasons, specifically here in the U.S. I got to talk to you about how you started streaming here. Uh, first yeah. sporting Kansas City games. You're st- involved with the KC Current, so NWSL, which yes. again, much like MLS, needs people to spread the gospel, which you are doing that. But when when yeah. did you decide to sit down? I'm going to watch a sporting yeah. Kansas City game. Yeah, and I will uh, I will share that. I'll be on camera, and you'll see the full range of emotions. And it that's the yeah. thing, man. When I, when the, it's all genuine, when they you get scored upon, your head dips, and we all feel terrible for you, and then we feel your <laughs> elation. And right. no one else is doing it. Look, man, I've been covering this league from the beginning. I don't see stuff like what you're doing. Right. We hear about these fans that grew up watching this league. And mm-hmm. I go, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, they're out there. I see it with you. And it it warms my heart because you're completely um, affected by wins and losses from your club. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, probably, probably not my strongest. But here, I'll say this, like, what you're saying so it all started because 20 for for years i've been in high school i used to edit i used to do like freelance editing on the side so i i went to youtube started learning how to edit because i was interested in being like a documentary filmmaker i just that's like that was my dream still kind of is my dream what would be your go-to what would be your documentary that you would have to make i love well it's kind of perfect it seems like i it mixed kind of well but the storylines and a lot of people are already kind of doing this and they've been doing this for years but i just love sports storylines i'm like dude i watched like old i watched old baseball like ken burns type of documentaries i I watch whatever i can on sports so those stories as you know and we all know they're just reflections of like culture so anytime i'm just learning about new cultures i'm in i'm in you know influencing these new sports i never thought of of looking at like I was watching some documentaries about cricket and I'm kind of like a cricket dude. Now Now I'm watching Get out of here. like, no, no I, I swear to you. I like, I like baseball. It's cool. And uh, I had a random buddy of mine uh, who I work with said, Hey, you should check this, uh, this YouTuber out. He talks about cricket and he, 
and you're, you're just going to be so involved with it because it's so you don't know anything about the sport, he said, I'm assuming. And I was like, no idea. And then I got into it. I started watching his videos and then I got into cricket. Then I'm like, I kind of want to know who's like the Pele of cricket. Like, who are these guys? Like, who are? And then I just got in the mix of that. So, like, that's my goal is to bring stories out like that. That people but... don't know about. Exactly. Just like that's a, that's I don't a great talk answer. About the Maradona. I don't want to talk. You all know about the dude, right? He's got a crazy life. All right, fine. But like the individual sports or these teams we've never heard of or these weird storylines that are just unbelievable. You think is fake. That's what I'm that's what I'm all about. I love that. So in high school, I kind of knew that I, that was the dream. And I, I'm from Argentina, but I grew up in Kansas whole life. And in Kansas, there's no film schools. I'm not in LA like you. Okay, I don't got I don't got USC out here. You know, so he's I'm a like, self-made, right. self-trained man. That's right. So like, I was I'm on YouTube Academy. You know, just looking up videos. Started ma editing stuff for my buddies. You know, music videos for the little high school rappers. Whatever, just learning how to edit. <laughs> I, that's literally how I started, and it worked because I got to. I had the pressure of like you know, trying to deliver a product and not look dumb, even though some, you know, the first couple years it was free. I wasn't charging anything. I just, I felt more embarrassed to give them the product than anything. Um, and no one had money in high school. So, you know, uh, so then it, I got a little bit more serious. I wanted, I went to, you know, I had this dream of like going to USC. That was my dream school, like hardcore wanted to be in USC, hard school to get in one, uh, very hmm. expensive if you get in and you know you need to fight for scholarships and it just wasn't the path so fast forward I started making my own YouTube channel I make like very many documentaries and it's really like they're not documentaries it's like I hear some crazy story or a conspiracy or something and I make a video about it and pretty much end it like that sounded like BS but wasn't that a cool story and that's it and and I kept doing that for a couple of years fast forward to 2021 uh, right before the Copa America, I was talking to my family and, and, uh, I was like, you know, it would be kind of cool to kind of watch games and do like a watch along. They do it in Europe and South America for Argentina games for the Copa America. My family thought it was like a good idea, but also we're like, who the hell's going to watch it? Cause one, I'm speaking in English and I, I just thought like nobody was going to watch it. I don't this know. would be for a, a, an Argentina game, Argentina games, okay. all Argentina games. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll at least have. What I thought in my mind, and I swear to you, this was Argentina's last shot for a title. Like I literally are in my like the Messi era, this era that we're in. I wasn't even thinking World Cup, dude. After 2018, after obviously 2014, World Cup to me at that point was dead. Not gonna happen. So I said, I'm gonna put all my bank in in in, in this tournament. I'm gonna stream it. If we lose, whatever, fine. I, I'll be able to show my kids, look, I used to watch Argentina games. I used to care. And now I'm dead inside because they never won anything. Well, that tournament turned out pretty good, I will say. <laughs> uh, thank you, Di Maria. But it was like the craziest interactions I've ever had. I was like talking to people. There was a guy that was from Germany that was waking up at I don't even know what time, three, four in the morning, watching these games going in my chat, watching the game on TV, and then in the chat on the YouTube channel, just talking to me for hours, like two wow. and a half hours. The world and, gets smaller, huh? Dude, <laughs> I started talking to people from England. I was like talking to people all over the US. Argentinians were coming in the chat. It was a crazy thing. And then when we were playing rival games, big games against Colombia or whatever, then you had the rival fans come in and they're everyone's smack talk. It was like the funnest experience ever. And it I, just know, snowballed, huh? And yeah, I, it, I mean, it was just like boom, 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 boom. All right, here's the stream. That was great. Let's do it again. We won that game, and we just keep going. It was. Were there other stream? There wasn't any other streams of this game. Per se. No. I wish I saw your stream, man, because I watched it on Fox, and it was yeah. it was good. But because the stadium was empty, it was really eerie. I almost needed right. more. You needed sound. something, and it was honestly you bring up a good point because it was there was no audience or really little audience that you felt like it was so quiet. And you remember they were feeding in fake gold yes. and audio and it was just horrible. Uh, and so it was cool. And that's what a lot of people were saying. They're like, listen, I just need noise. These guys are talking very boring. They're just very light. They're, you know, and yet, especially in the- Make some noise. <laughs> yeah, just make some noise, do something. Uh, after that tournament ended, uh, I had this like hole. So I made like a side account. I made a Argentina fan TV YouTube channel just for that. Cause I thought I was going to do it once and done lock up the account, never think about it again, go back to my main channel, blah, blah, blah. Right after that, I started picking up more freelance work for like actual creators, X 
soccer players, national team players. It, it just started coming in. I started making random connections. Anyways, uh, I, I decided that I wanted to let go of all my anger that I had towards MLS because I had this crazy buildup for years. Why? Why? Just, okay, and I'll tell you why. So when I was younger, go like I always knew that my my young dream, like a lot of boys and girls, was to be a professional football player. I mean, everyone or soccer player, everyone wants to do that, right? Okay. So I wasn't special, but at that end, when I knew I wasn't going to be that at all, was basically when I was like 13. My mom was like, "Hey, you're you're gonna be playing for this club, but after next year, I can't afford for you to play at these academies. I can't afford you and your younger brother." So you're going to either just play high school and have your younger brother play these academies. And it was like one of the saddest moments ever. I was just like, wait, why am I paying for this? Why can't my mom was like single mother. She could not, no one could pay for that. It's very hard to, to do it. So I had the worst taste in my mouth on the uh, U.S. system with the, the academies, the players Fair and enough. all that. So I had this horrible taste and I really didn't know that much about MLS 2011, 2012 area. Sporting Kansas City, which is the nearest team to me, uh, straight up rebranded, built their own stadium, and which at the time was like amazing. They're not playing in a football stadium. They're not sharing a stadium with other teams. It's their own stadium, rebrand. And that's when I became like a sporting fan. I'm like, look, if this is my Barrio team, if I'm a Rear Plate fan, this is my Rear Plate here. Yes. You know? That's I more people have them. to have this conversation with That's, themselves because yes. it's special when you have that club where you can right go there. to 10 games. Exactly. I, I look, I can't even go to Reaver games. What, what am I going to I'm going to kill someone over Reaver. No, now I have to, you know, use that energy for the team. That's literally, you know, down the road. So, uh, yeah. So then once that happened, I became a sporting fan. My older brother got me a surprise ticket for the 2013 final, which was in Kansas city and Kansas city played Ralph Salt Lake. They won I was, the final. I was working the desk for ESPN for that Were game. You I remember, really? yes, I was. What? I was cut. You may not have seen me because it was so cold. Yes. That I had every piece of clothing item I had that I got the tarp that they covered the field with and I put it around my body. Did you because really? I said the heck with it? It's yeah. too cold. Cover yeah. me. It was horrible. And and look, not to crap on my own stadium here. The wind passes right through that sucker. Like there is there's Oof. no blocking it. You're freezing. It was horrible. I Funny story, my older brother, I was like dying. I, I thought I was having like frostbite on my feet and my brother got like hand warmers and threw them into my socks. And like, I literally had I hand did. warmers. So cool. Dude, it was horrible. So that like hooked me. I was like, okay, uh, there is people in the US that care about this. Like, oh my God, that opened my mind. But even since then, I had this horrible taste. I'm like, well, I don't think MLS is going to be good. This was my ignorance. Okay, and I'll be honest. I was like, MLS is never going to be good because they don't focus on their youth. The young kid, Maradona had no money. You think Maradona would have been a MLS or a, a U.S. men's national team player if he lived here? He would have no money to go to these academies. He would blah, 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 right? So I had this thought in my head, like, why would they do this? There's so many young, maybe there's a Maradona, we never found him because he couldn't go to these academies. He couldn't, Who'd whatever. Thought, man? So I I had this feeling. I made a, a video kind of breaking it down, bringing talking about how MLS started, you know, after the 94 World Cup. It was pre pretty much the deal to be to have the world cup in the u.s you have to have a league right so probably saying all the stuff you already know but that i broke down the history i talked about the awesome crazy penalties and all this stuff and even while i was making it i was like this is kind of fun like this league is it is a little fun i was kind of smiling as i was making this video and then i asked all my sporting friends okay this is exactly how it started i said hey guys can i get a you know sporting fan tv guy that you guys know or whoever uh, so I need so I can have some B-roll for my video. I just needed a sporting fan B-roll. That's it. And all of them were like, no, there's not a guy. There's no no you know guy or girl doing that. No one's doing it. Sorry, Kev. And it blew my mind. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? The a Kansas City team that was like one of the blue bloods, one of the oldest teams out here, they don't have like a fan account or like some some guy where I can watch on YouTube or Twitch or something. No. That started it. Then I was like, all right um maybe i should do this so i talked about it with my family a lot of them thought i was like again an idiot to do it but my wife was really like okay you're gonna watch it anyways are you not yes I'm gonna watch the <laughs> games. uh 
you're going to be screaming anyways. Thank yeah, goodness for probably. the wives. Exactly. And I was like, she's making a point here that no matter what, I'm going to be watching. It's not like it's taking more time out of my day. So I thought, all right, I'm going to do it. Let's just start. Let's see how it goes. And it absolutely changed so much, like in such a short amount of time. So many random people from so many different teams were talking to me. I'm learning about, you know, teams that I was supposed to just hate. Like RSL, I just had a bad taste. I just don't like them. And okay. now I'm like, I love them. You know, I'm like, all right, you guys are all right. You guys are a little crazy up there in Utah. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on up there, but uh, I, I like them now. And, and they started building relationships and having Boom. more and more fun. So that's how it started. And now it's it's got me into like, you know, it, it actually jump-started me to watching the women's game. I'm the first person in my family to not watch River Plate in Argentina first. All right. My fam I will never be exposed for this because they will admit it. And I'm also the first person in my family to watch women's football. It's embarrassing to say, but it just wasn't in the culture for them. They just don't know anything about women's football. They don't know anything about players or even the history. So once I started doing Kansas City, sporting Kansas City, I was like, look, we got a NWSL team. Football is football. Let me watch. And I've been having like a blast. Like it's it's fun. You could tell it's in early stages of the US. Uh, but even in the short three years, what we had Barcelona had like 90,000 people or uh, at, at camp now watching a women's game. It's been a That's crazy coming. boom. So, yeah, it's been a crazy ride. Like, And it's only been a year and seven months now. Since you've been doing the uh, the watch alongs. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen, that's uh, first of all, I just want to stop everyone because I, I, I like to think my pod because I have a lot of people like you that are finding ways to create a niche or or yeah. get get some more uh, get. Uh, get a little bit more uh, exposure to the sport here. Yeah. Um, and I would just suggest if, if everyone was just listening to stop and hear what Kevin said, and these are the things that need to be done. And there's so much opportunity. I know there may not be a lot of money there, but it's, yeah. uh, if you can be patient and, and then create those relationships, good things will come. Yes. But I can only imagine as much as you did the YouTube over the Copa America final where you're uh -huh. going, no one's going to, no one's made it pay attention to this. You probably thought that times 10 when you're oh, doing yeah. sporting Kansas City. And now, oh, yes, I mean, I've seen him. Everyone's seen him. Go to Kevincho, K-E-V-I-N-C-H-O on Twitter X. Yeah, there's a link there to check it out or even just stay on there and see some of his recaps and you'll see uh, what he goes through. It's really interesting. It's unique. It's clever. It's funny. Yeah. You'll laugh. You'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> For real, yeah, a lot of. Oh, that. but but that's that's amazing, man. And, and now you're you're a voice in this sport, and you know it, you did it relatively quickly. I, a few things I wanted to touch on. By the way, yeah. I I don't know if you knew this. I grew up in Australia from five to twelve, so I was a cricket player, and it's it's a hard sport to watch. Yes, but yeah. it's so interesting. Like you said, if you watch it on YouTube, one thing that I, I've always laughed at, it's always viewed as the gentleman sport, which is could not be further from the truth. Right. They are a bunch of rascals like the rest of us. They're looking yeah. for, you know, soccer is viewed as the scoundrel sport. Right. You're looking for an edge anyway. Diving. Oh, no. It's like, look, if if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I'm not saying to cheat. Right. But in cricket, they're very subtle about it. Sometimes not so subtle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, as a fan of the Australian cricket team, they have been absolutely awful at this, but no one cares anymore because they win. Right. So uh, uh, yeah. I, I, that's a great that's a that's great crazy. sport to I approach. Didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, that's that was a long time ago, uh, by the right. way. That was 1985 right. when I left. Australia. Just to, hey, yeah, yeah you weren't even born. yet. No, hey, Argentina still only had one World Cup. That's how I go. Off I know. Life. I'm like, all right, how many World Cups that we had then? Uh, only one. Wow. You're kind of an old guy, <laughs> dude. What's going on? <laughs> okay, I might I might edit that part out. All right. uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's like that was the cool thing about it. Because like, to be honest, I'm not going to pretend I try to be from the beginning and honest and say, I didn't know that much about MLS. I definitely didn't know that much about NWSL. And I even when I talk to old sporting heads, I'm just learning. I'm like, all right, so who was the goalkeeper in the early, you know, 2000s? Who was good? Who wasn't good? Uh, all that stuff, it's been like totally a learning experience. So even if people are getting into this, knowing like you're probably not going to make another or any money for a while, at least, uh, and you're just doing it for enjoyment on top of that, it's just a learning experience. You're just yes. going to learn technical side. You're going to learn so many things. It's, it's more so great fun. advice. I think it's so many, like in every walk of life, me too, we're in such a rush to uh, educate ourselves and feel like we're the finished product. And we're not, I'm still no. learning things, man. That's this podcast has helped me in a long way. And we do those things and, and, and MLS, 
uh, like the fan to have a fan account, you know, everyone should be doing that. We got to look this differently because, you know, I'll, I'll ask you this about major league soccer. There's no doubt about it. It's growing and we can laugh a bit where we see where it's come from and having a history is huge because it never had one. It's a small history. And yeah. I guess when people always compare MLS to these other leagues go, wait a minute, these leagues have been around for hundred, 150 years. Yes. We're still a baby, but yes. we have a history, which is important. We've seen that growth. And, you know, for me, just the last couple of years, this year in particular, has been the biggest year of growth. Uh, Apple TV, I mean, everyone sure. had their guard up, but it has been sensational. I've talked to people because Argentines are watching because of Messi. Mexico's what? watching it because of everyone's watching. The whole everyone, world's watching because of Messi. Yeah. But everyone else is watching for other reasons. Uh, we have Fufu Krastev, Bulgarian player. We did a podcast with him. And we saw some comments that go, Fufu, we're proud of you. We're watching you on Apple TV out here in Sofia. So I was like, they're they're watching, and and the, they're, what I'm hearing too is the quality is so good. So the quality of the Premier League is the best, right? The La Liga the and the Bundesliga. Then you have a drop off. Even Champions League quality overall, mm -hmm. when you have some of these teams that are not off from the big leagues, it struggles. Serie A struggles. League mm -hmm. and I think MLS kind of Liga MX struggles. The quality of the the picture and all that is really good there, and. Sure. Obviously, this emergence of Messi. I, I'm really excited to cover, <laughs> to continue covering this league. Yeah. Uh, you've been doing what you do. You've had to hear a lot of, we hear it all the time. And you said, I have my hometown team, but uh, I'm not going to support an MLS club. Uh, why should people, why should people support? Why should support the league or a club yeah. or where I this it, is going? You know, I think it goes hand in hand because it's kind of funny because I had this thought right when i started i was like okay like what is the goal for me like am i wanting people to pay more attention to the league or or, or what because especially when you're live you could say really whatever you know you're upset with your team and you're you're crying about refs and then you're you want to talk about the you're talking about mls and you might say something about the league that you're maybe an hour later you're like maybe i went a little too hard you know but here's what i'll say what from what i've learned and what i'm starting to see now is if you are a true fan of the sport and in general, okay, and I, I feel this way with women's sports too, um, but if you're a fan of football, soccer, and you have the mindset of like, you know what, I live in Philadelphia, but I'm a diehard Dortmund fan, not really into the Philadelphia Union. That to me is like almost painful. And, it, yeah. and it, it's kind of a red flag where I'm just like, excuse me, wait, the whole idea Dortmund fans are Dortmund fans is because down the road is their damn stadium. Down the road is the history of maybe their grandparents or their families going to these games. All that history is there. They didn't just wake up and go, kind of feel like supporting this team. There's some people like that. But in the United States especially, we have these teams now that are popping up. Like you said, the league is like less than 30 years old or whatever. It's not an old league. Um, so I have this feeling that if the level keeps going up, the, the youth development keeps going up. It's going to have a huge effect everywhere. Right now, we're seeing South American players young. Because here's this, the asterisk. Because every time we say this, people are like, yeah, but he's 40 or whatever. You know, the typical yeah. comment. But young players from Paraguay, Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay are coming to MLS as almost a stepping stone or just for viewership. Tiago Almada is playing in Atlanta and wins the World Cup, guys. I mean, what the... Are you kidding me? Uh, imagine this five, ten years ago. It would be laughable. Every day for it years. really would? <laughs> it, every day for years. I listen to ESPN in Argentina or F90 Argentina. Every day it's my routine at work or even while I'm editing. And for years, I don't – I could probably count five times that they ever mentioned Major League Soccer in any way, ever. Just even as an aside. And usually it's not good. Oh, Pavon has this – he's had some, you know, some bad stuff going down. Been down a naughty here. boy. He's been a bad boy, and you know where he's been? He was playing in Los Angeles, you know, and that's the only time you would hear stuff like that. Now, of course, after Messi, but now especially if these young players keep going over here, they're starting to talk about it, starting to go, okay, let's break down how the playoffs work. I almost started laughing. I wanted to record my stream. Like, they're literally talking about the major that's league awesome. playoffs right now. That's awesome. It's so cool. Like, they're breaking down statistics. All these young players, you know, actually, they have this Benjamin kid. He's kind of good. Let's let's look at this kid. He might. It's amazing and and if we as fans of the game can only support teams far away and never support your your brothers and sisters that are literally right with you it it kind of 
I'm not going to say you 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 don't like ball, but there's there's some weird biases there. Yes. I think let him let him have it. Let him have it, Kavincho. <laughs> exactly. Let's go. You don't know you, ball, all right? Well, you you criticized the be at the beginning of this about the young players not having a pathway, and yeah. now we're seeing it. I'm about to fill out my 22 under 22. I was a little late. It's due tonight. Yeah, and on. it's hard. It's yes. hard. Because not just the U.S. players, of which there are many, and they're usually between 17, 18, because now the U.S. players, when they're really good and they're 18 or 19, they go to Europe. Mm -hmm. But the same, I mean, like the Argentine players, Velasco, Alan Velasco got called in, didn't he? Yes, yes. He's, uh, Tiago Almada is, you could right. argue, is the heir apparent to Messi. Not not 100%, right. but could yeah. oh, be yeah. the next oh, number yeah. 10. And he plays here. So you have engagement in Argentina. I, I did a game between Portland and Real Salt Lake. And I, I look over to Brian Dunstan, they go, man, we have elite Colombian, I would say the best young Colombian talent outside of Colombia, and maybe including Colombia. The better Colombian yeah. players obviously end up in Europe, but yeah. 18, 19, 20, they're in MLS. And that's the same with the South American countries. And man, I, I every now and then, I, I had the same experience where I would listen to Torneos y Competencia uh -huh. or Diario Olé. Yeah. And the, the coverage was, you know, a little snicker with MLS. But Man, when I hear it now, you're right. It's so sophisticated. Mm -hmm. They talk about it the same way they talk about yeah, their other leagues. European they're, leagues. Their leagues. It's crazy. And what is so cool about this? Because, uh, and obviously a lot of this attention from Argentina is because of one guy that just came over here. But before then, because this was even before Messi was a solidified thing, even when I was like, oh, he's probably going to sign another year with Paris or something goofy. At that time, I would they were still talking about MLS. And the reason was Tiago or the young guys that were going up to potentially go play in Florida or New York. They're like, hey, or Tati. There was another guy that they were bringing up. Oh, this, uh, oh Tati this, Castellanos. Castellanos going to Spain. They're like, well, maybe was the right move? Was it right move? I don't know. And then they were breaking down his, his career. This stuff just never happened. Nobody talked about this. Nobody cared. And now they're caring. So... I, I, I don't want to say like, oh, it's all messy because it wasn't messy. It was before he was here. And now I will give him credit. Like Apple TV, being able to watch it wherever the hell you live is so huge, like so freaking huge for them to just jump in an app, go see this game versus this game. Scouts are looking from all over the world saying, oh, look at this guy watching it live. That's a game changer, not just for Argentina, but the U.S. can now see these Argentinian Americans instead of going to Argentina they snag them and have them for the U.S. Do it. Like, that's, I mean, Italy's been doing that forever. France, yeah. England, like, that's that's their thing, you know? So it's going to it's gonna be, like, the next five years, it's going to be insanity. I agree with you, so man. So many reasons. Uh, and the South American countries are doing the Central American countries. But, man, I'll, I'll tell you, in Europe, it's happening, too. And the Polish yeah. players, uh, we have one at LAFC. Charlotte have a couple that represent Poland every time. Poland's locked in. Because yeah. this is where they see their best players. So you're going to see uh, LAFC and Charlotte FC and DC United jerseys oh, in yeah. Poland. Oh, yeah. And so it's, I mean, for the criticism that MLS gets for, hey, you're not doing it the right way. I mean, they, they, they knocked it out of the park with Apple. They knocked it out of the park with this under-22 initiative where it's growing. Yes. Uh, and obviously with Messi. And let me ask right. you about Messi because this mm -hmm. is, uh, I, who? Uh, man, look, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the hero worship. So when it's messy, 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 sure. I'm like, everyone calm down a bit. Let's talk about the league. And maybe we're oversaturated it, yeah. but you have to. And I cannot believe the traffic that it's causing. I knew it would be big, but right. you know, when now inter Miami has 20 million Instagram followers and every look, they could post a video that would get like 10,000 likes well, on a good day. Right. Or views getting a million views about Benjamin Kremaski. Right. And it's not even about Messi. It's just Dude, this osmosis. Yes. Yes. It's, I, it's, did that, I mean, did you think it was going to be like this or so, did even this blow you away? So here's the thing. When the rumors were happening, you know, and all of us were like, okay, is this real? Is this going to happen? I, I had like two emotions. One of them, uh, the selfish emotion. I was like, listen, I want him here. So I have a chance to even see him. And, and of course I want him happy. And, and to me in my back of my mind, I'm like, well, if he's already been in Florida, he has a place in Florida. It makes sense to, yeah. to be there, you know, just in my head. And that's what a lot of people were feeling before he even said it. But the other side of me was like, but imagine, okay, if Pele came here now, let's pretend Pele had his whole career, but nowadays, not in the seventies, 
imagine the craziness it would be. And would I be that hype for a Pele? I, it was like a weird taste in my mouth. I'm like, oh, I got to like put my bias aside. But here's the thing that I will admit. When he came here, I thought it was going to be like the Messi we saw in PSG a bit, where it was kind of like, it looked like he gave a shit, but also didn't give a shit. And he was like, mm, I care about playing, but I don't really care about playing. I'm not happy, right? And and thought, just not to interrupt you, yeah. but that he may not play for a few games. Exactly. That's what I thought. He go, he'll come yes. in, he'll wave at the stadium, and then maybe he'll play game four or five. Exactly. And I thought, look, if he's going to score, I even talked to my family about this. I'm like, guys, we're not going to see a great celebration. We're not going to see the passion. We're not going to see it. Forget great the Barcelona point. days. Not happening. Okay. Well, I was wrong uh, within like, what, 20 minutes of that final 20 minutes of that game? Because from what I see now, he's getting pissed off. What It feels like we're playing the Netherlands every game or Messi's playing the Netherlands. <laughs> he's angry at everyone. He's literally he in is. pain. That's, great. In, That's a great shot. Pain. Like he's, he's like collapsing almost when someone misses a goal or if the other team scores or, or whatever. I'm like, wait, he cares? He's caring about this? Or you have like X or brazilian players that you know maybe had so so careers and they're playing in and they're getting in messi's face and now a bunch of argentina to brazilians are coming after each other you know as fans like hey you don't touch my captain don't touch my brazilian i'm like this is not at all what i thought it was going to be like i thought it was going to be the uh parade show well, okay messi goes around now i will say this there is some things I do not like about the messy situation and kind of why I'm a little happy. There's a little international break. So I don't have to hear yeah. about messy MLS uh, right now, but this is what I'll say. I know people and I'm not and not as a joke or being ironic. I like how are, engaged you got right there. You got really okay, serious. This is, this is very serious because it shocked <laughs> me because I thought people were joking, but I know so many people that are legitimately saying that his move here is one of the, or if the, worst biggest worst decision in major league soccer history on the fact of the longevity of the league that's like i mean i've had dms of people some people uh like pre-ver not paid ver verified some big boy verified people will go hey i this might not be the best thing for the league just letting you know and what is sh that shocks me because people are saying this for one one of the reasons is because of like the ticketing I am in no way supporting these crazy prices, outpricing people, not being able to go to get. I'm not supporting that for sure. But people are turning their attention towards Lionel Messi. Like Lionel Messi sitting back there and he's like, make sure that the uh, absolute minimum is $600 MLS. Thank you very yeah. much. Move on. It's not that way. If it was Neymar, I would be feeling the same way. I love Neymar. If the tickets go up, I'd be like, league, what are we doing? ticketing people what clubs what are we doing why is this happening that's where the frustration i think should go but like now that the players are coming here i'm starting to get this uneasy feeling like oh god if neymar does eventually come here or ronaldo you know comes here or something are people just gonna go yeah i love that player for my whole life i hate him now because you know what i can't go watch uh sporting oh, kansas city versus that's you know, crazy whatever. And, it's but, crazy. Like, but it's accurate look the tickets price are going to come down and it got escalated because it's la and there's people that have Oh, piles sure. of money here they could do it yeah uh, it's look, la tickets look i'm go my son wants to go to universal studio haunted mansion and yes. you have to get the fast pass the fast pass is 350 bucks and i'm like ah oh, son <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're gonna really? go uh, trick-or-treating over in a uh, torrents today <laughs> yeah for real but, uh, yes. it's so i mean this is it is i mean to go see i mean it's, it's, this we create this Yes. Messi didn't. We create this because everyone goes, we got to see him. We got to see him. Or we got to yes. see Taylor Swift. We got to see Beyonce. We got to right. go to the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> da, 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 da. And you know, that's it. it it'll, it'll cool off. But you know what? Not everyone gets to see him, but you get to see him on Apple TV. Right. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's a, I, 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 I'm a little shocked because I think the euphoria has created this thing where now parents have to go to kids and go, we can't go. And that's not Messi's creation. Right. That is what we did. But yeah. I would I'd be I, I would be happy to know that it will cool off. And I, the games in Miami are when people are making a big stink. It's all the cheapest tickets, two hundred bucks. I go, that's not hey, <laughs> cheaper I, than honestly, the haunted mansion, by the way. Okay, <laughs> but but NFL games. I was trying to go to the Chiefs are playing tonight, and I'm like, well, well let me look at it. It's like three hundred dollars. Like, yes. are you kidding me? It's crazy. And what am I? I'm not watching. Yeah. Uh, I guess people wouldn't say Mahomes is one of the greats or whatever. But like, I'm not. I'm not watching a Messi on the field. I'm just watching the Chiefs, dude. Like, whatever. <laughs> uh, no offense, but 
I'm not, you know, whatever. And and that's where I'm I'm also trying to say, guys, listen to me, right? Like, wake up real quick. It's not these players because here's the thing: Messi didn't come, and Neymar came. I I know I know 50 people down my neighborhood that'd be freaking out and would pay anything to see Neymar because they love yeah. him. That's their guy or whatever. Um, so it's like I had this weird taste, and honestly, like even as a Messi fan, Argentina fan. I'm going to say it. I'm a little burnt out to just hearing it every yeah. day. I know I'm sure when Pele was here, when we were playing under, you know, overpasses and stuff, people were going crazy for Pele. Absolutely. He changed the sport here. I agree. But like also, God damn, it would be annoying to hear Pele's name every freaking day forever. Yeah. You know, it, it's, 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 not, it's heavy, but it's I, heavy, yeah. someone who works for MLS, I accept it because I see what it's doing and right. it'll, it'll cool off. It'll By the cool way, do they make the playoffs? Oh my god! I feel like I knew you were gonna ask that. I I don't think they will. I don't think so either. No, no, I don't think so either. I think they're gonna get really close because you know what's gonna happen? They're playing a lot of teams the second time. Yeah, and it's gonna be harder. Yeah, Orlando, 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 forget it. Yeah, Atlanta for sure. And you know what? I might put myself on super blast here. I don't know when this is gonna come out, but they play Sporting Kansas City this week. And listen, no Messi, not a lot of players. Okay, on that team, and they need to win. Sporting okay, does yes. and, and Inter so does, but yeah, and, yeah. Both teams need to win bad. Like they gotta win, and Miami pretty much almost has to win out. They gotta win a lot of games, so they're gonna be fighting. But they don't have all. They don't have that really good keeper. I don't. I think. I think he went to the U.S. He is no. I think he is gonna play, but everyone oh, else is, is gone. I think okay. they they released him to play that game because he wasn't gonna start the game on the, Saturday. The, okay, makes sense. All right, USA so they got the keeper. All right, fine. I'm now I'm a little bit more nervous. Great. Now, I'm not gonna change my <laughs> mind, but uh. Uh, but but I'm so be- sorry. <laughs> but because of this, like a lot of people are not realizing, and just like I think Tata said, he's gonna miss games naturally. It's gonna happen, not just international games, but like there's you need to rest him, and it's been like crazy game, blah blah blah. So those games are gonna have to win without those players or some of those players or all these big stars. Can they do it? I don't think so. I really I don't, don't think so, and man. I don't it's think gonna, it's going to I hope they do because the playoffs would be illuminated. and Oh, man. It would course. be weird for all of this euphoria and then it's and not it drops there. Off. Yes, yeah. I agree. Check out Cavicho on his social media handle, K-E-V-I-N. I'm doing it for the Anglos, brother. K-E-V-I-N-C-H-O with a little accent on the end. And it's just another great voice in our soccer space. Kevin, uh, I could talk to you for another hour about all this. Yeah. This has been fantastic. You are uh, articulate and smart, funny, and thank you. I'm, let's look, do this, this again soon. Absolutely. Listen, this is going to be playing on replay. I'm like, listen, guys. All my, my <laughs> wife, I'll be like, he said I was smart and articulate. You know, this is awesome. Thank you for having me. I I love what you're doing. I said this, I think, before we were recording, but obviously, keep up the work. I would love to do this. We got it's a long season, baby. We got playoffs. Yes. We got plenty of time well, to talk. And I love what you said because this is a really important game for Sporting and Inter Miami. That was one of the criticisms for MLS. The season's too long, and you know these uh-huh. games don't matter. But all these games kind of matter. Yeah, that LAFC it, loss to Inter Miami kind of mattered to LAFC. Now they're up against sure. it. So yes. this is yes. a it's, it's a, a new it's world. a new day. Exactly, it's a new day. It's a good time to join, especially if you're a new fan. If you're a new fan, you can. No one's gonna look back at your receipts and say, "Oh, I thought you like this." Team. Look. Like whoever you are comfortable with, hopefully support your local teams, you know, obviously. If you don't have one, because a lot of people don't, this is the best time to just jump in, get a team, and then go for it. Because it's just going to get better and better from here, hopefully. (laughs) There you go. Get your club in you. Kevin Lopez, Kavicha joining us here in the business end. I will be back with uh, my little talk about the U.S. men's national team in the new segment now that we call Check Complete. That's next on the Soccer OG. nothing different to the editorial side of stoppage time but since so many other things are called stoppage time i looked for another expression that would suggest finality confirmation and when the official looks at the var and sees there's no reason to change the call they say check complete so check complete it is how exciting now don't jack my show name the first topic for Check Complete is the U.S. men's national team preparing for games against Uzbekistan on September the 9th, Saturday in St. Louis. September the 12th, they will play Oman in Minnesota. Both these teams in the Asian Football Federation, both ranked in the 70s in the world. Asia doing a much better 
um, in the world stage, as I was telling you earlier in the program. Uh, was it uh, three teams making the round of 16 in Qatar? Qatar hosting it, Saudis beating Argentina, not making it, but still an exciting time. By the way, o- Oman finished fourth in their group in qualifying for 2022. The three teams ahead of them, I believe, were Japan, Saudi Arabia, and Australia. They all made the World Cup to show the fine line. So the World Cup is, uh, field's expanding. So a team like Oman or Uzbekistan could make a World Cup, maybe make it in 2026. Uzbekistan hasn't been that close. They've made a, a few playoff games or like that final game, maybe say two steps away from making the World Cup. And uh, they had a great success in the under-20s this last summer where their team made it. They finished second in their group behind Argentina and lost to Israel in the round of 16. One said Israel would go on to the semifinals. So Uzbekistan have a couple good players in uh, some good European leagues. Uh, Shamudamov, excuse me for butchering the name, plays in the Serie A. A couple guys in Russia and Turkey. Oman, not so much. It's a Gulf state right below Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates facing the Arabian Sea. Uzbekistan in Central Asia, uh, right off the Baltic Sea. It's in a really unique place. Squeezed in behind Kazakhstan, above Afghanistan, Pakistan, and India. And you know, it's that part of the world where things change so quickly culturally and everything. So a uh, place I'd like to visit one day. Uh, did I say Kazakhstan? I mean, Uz- Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan, which is bordered by Kazakhstan to the north. And as I said, Kazakhstan is in the European UEFA Federation. Riddle me this. Turkey's in the uh, UEFA. Israel's in UEFA. So Uzbekistan comfortable in Asia, which is doing well. Uh, a few little topics to discuss here. And this is obviously the return of Greg Berhalter. I think we've talked about it. And check out my Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. I've talked about this a lot. Um, I'm okay with Greg Berhalter being back. I'm okay with the work he has done developing young players and what they did in the last World Cup. Uh, I'm not okay with having this weird process, sending him off and bringing him back. Wasn't That wasn't exciting by any means. Um, but I'm, I'm ready to, to move forward with it because I'm not going to sit here, and I know a lot of people are going to do this and for four years complain and be upset about everything he does. And I'm not, I'm not doing it. I want to enjoy this cycle. I really do. And there's not much you could do about it at this point, regardless of how you feel about Greg Berhalter. I think he's a good coach. Uh, has he made some mistakes? Yeah. Uh, should he have reached out to Gio Reyna by now? Absolutely. The fact that he didn't, as he said in this Vanity Fair article, is, uh, is a mistake. And it's just, it's, it's dumb because it mounts pressure on him because he has to keep talking about it. You know, you've got to face that and just get it over with. Get it over with. You'll thank yourself afterwards. But as we get ready, uh, I'm optimistic about some of the things. Greg Berhalter, you know, one of the criticisms is he brought in that old guard a lot of times. Jordan Mars, Christian Roldan, Aaron Long, uh, Sebastian Legette, I guess Paul Ariola, you'd include in that as well, MLS bass players. And those guys served an important purpose, but I, I can assure you they are not coming back. I'd be surprised if any of them got called back for one of these big senior games because we have pivoted. The U.S. had one of the youngest teams at the World Cup. They don't want to get younger. That's why they didn't bring in 19, 20-year-old players and sent uh, the Jordan Morris and Aaron Long and Christian Roldan's home. You, you, want, you want some semblance of a veteran player there. Most national teams do that. So they were young enough, and now some of the younger players will come in to reinforce this team. But the, the, the core is 23, 24, maybe even younger than that. When you look at guys like Gio Reyna and Yunus Musa, these are kids, but they are already being given a huge responsibility. Other kids their age are not being given on national teams, let alone top 10, 11, 12 ranked national teams. Greg Berhalter oversaw that, and, and it's good. And he probably oversaw what happened in the summer, another successful summer with the Nations League. Not so much the Gold Cup, but I wouldn't look too much into that. That reinforces the fact that we're going with that A team, which is the young, talented group from Europe. Not that it was up in for debate anyway, but you know, that's the process. So I don't think we're going to have to argue about player selections. I think we're going to look at these rosters and where we used to argue and go, oh, or be outraged about every selection. We'll probably go, all right, that's pretty, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. You can pick one or two out, but uh, I I think those days are gone, which will help Burhalter in uh, the big picture of things. No World Cup qualifying for the United States, so they got to find a way to get games. And they'll get Germany and Ghana 
in October. We mentioned they almost had Argentina-Brazil. There's going to be some entanglements with uh, scheduling games. There's no question about it. They'll get the Copa America. You're going to squeeze every drop out of that next summer. You'll get um, Gold Cups. You'll get uh, the Nations League. You need to find more big-time games heading into 2026. We'll see how 2025 unfolds. 2024 has already gotten a little busy. I think with the relationships with uh, the Copa America and Comebol, there will be opportunities, hopefully, to, to play some of these South American teams who just began their World Cup qualifying. And that's going to take them through to 2026. So it's, it's insane, that schedule. But I don't know where, you know, you hope that there might be an opportunity for that. But the, finding the games for the U.S. is going to be the biggest question. Now, it's not, actually, let me rephrase. It's not the biggest question. It will be a question to go with all the other questions that we have going for this team as for this camp what do i want to see you know i want to see comprehensive wins i, I love the fact they're playing teams they've never played before you get a different look a different style uh, you want to get games away at some point hopefully that happens both these games are going to be good i think playing in st louis is going to give them another option about a home base because st louis loves their football and St. Louis has got an incredible new stadium at City Park, 22,000 seats. So if you can't go 27 or 30,000, you can use that. It will be well supported and you'll have a home field advantage. And by the way, there was this conversation that blew up on social media. Um, some of the younger accounts that all do a great job. They're going because Greg Berhalter said it's great to be in St. Louis, uh, the home of soccer in the United States. And people are like, what? Oh, who said that? And I go, look. Until another city comes along, St. Louis is that. St. Louis was that in the 50s and the 60s. Uh, they had a history of soccer. Um, do I think of St. Louis when I think of soccer? Not on a regular basis, no. I live in Los Angeles. I see uh, soccer being treated like a major sport all the time. Uh, there's other cities where this is happening as well. But St. Louis has that little something extra, and one day it will be replaced by another city. But we got to show some respect, okay? And it is. It is. You're, we're picking a fight that doesn't you don't require a fight because what would be your alternative? What would be the city that you would say? L.A. It doesn't have. It has to be something that's a little smaller. El Paso, maybe El Paso. I'd, there we go. El Paso. It's been very good for the sport. There we go. That's our new city in the United States uh, to represent soccer. So I think they'll find something good there. The other thing, when we look at the World Cup, the U.S. defended very well. And I think that will continue. They have, uh, there's very few question marks in this roster. Remember, Gio Reyna, Tyler Adams are injured. Josh Sargent's injured. He would be a really good backup forward. Reyna, I think, would start in that inverted midfield at the top. I would put Musa and, um, Musa and Adams behind him. And maybe McKenney would be some kind of super sub. Just a thought. Uh, after that, we would, um, the fullback, Serginho Dest is firmed up. Anthony Robinson, Tim Ream. I, I, does he have another four years in him? I'm not going to doubt it. Tim Ream. And then Chris Richards will probably get the nod. Walker Zimmerman's in the mix. Cameron Carter-Vickers is injured. He'd be in the mix. Um, there is there is depth there. The midfield has depth. You mentioned Reina if he's classified, and Musa, and Adams, and McKenney and De La Torre. And hopefully Johnny Cardoso couldn't make the final squad uh, this time around. That is strong. Polisic and Weya out wide. Some new options there in those wide positions too. The big question is forward. And remember, we talked about it ahead of the World Cup. Who's going to be the starting number nine? We didn't know. It, it was a hot potato. It changed all the time. Went from Sargent to DK to Pepe to um, Jordan Peefock to Haji Wright, to Jesus Ferreira, and Jesus Ferreira started the last game. That is, that was a, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't no accident that the U.S. weren't scoring goals. And I, none of, as good as Josh, he, Josh Sargent picked up a gnarly injury, but as good as he's playing, I don't feel comfortable just blessing him as the number nine. Ricardo Pepe has had too many dips to give him that uh, obligation as well. And we've got this gift for Lauren Balligan, who relieves the pressure for everyone, including Greg Berhalter. You stamp him as your starting number nine. Now, he might not score goals in five, six games, and you have to replace him. But for now, you don't have to worry about it. The world has already rubber-stamped Falaran Balogun. That's how he ended up at Arsenal. That's how Monaco spent $40 million for this player. That's how he was one of the top scorers and analytically one of the best in Europe when he was at Stade Rennes. 
it's all been proven about Balogun. And he he showed some good signs in the Nations League. It's only going to improve. I think he scores. He'll start and score against Uzbekistan. And we can really rally around that. Because if the United States become a team that can average a goal and a half a game, and they were below a goal, I think, uh, prior to that, everything changes. Can they? How far can they get at a World Cup? Well, Greg Berhalter in that Vanity Fair article said he wants to take the United States further than they've ever gone in a World Cup, which means a final because they made the 1930 semifinals. I think he's considering it semifinal. And there's a lot in the favor. A young team that will be hitting its, its, its height in 2026, playing in their, in their backyard, playing in, in a group which they should win because host countries are given favorable groups since the dawn of time. All of that will play into a role where at least you can make the round of 16, probably make a quarterfinal. Remember, this is going to be a different World Cup because they, they're going to have an extra knockout round game. It's going to make everything a lot more difficult. And uh, they can get it. I, I'm going to talk to you one day on the OG and I'll tell you why the U.S. will never win a World Cup, at least not in my lifetime. Uh, they won't. But a semifinal is possible. Will this team in 2026 be able to do it? I think they have the best shot of anybody. Everything's falling into place. I will also add, it would be naive to think this team will always be completely healthy. We have too many players with injury concerns from Adams to Reyna to Pulisic. So it would be folly to think that uh, we would have a full deck. But maybe we can absorb that if we can develop talent between now and 2026. We're not quite there yet, but we're in a good spot. The Soccer OG. Rate, review, download, subscribe. Check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. Enjoy the qualifiers, whether it's Euro or World Cup. It's South America. Until I see you again, Placido Domingo. Domingo.